and that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people make as well, is the cat doesn't have a way to get away from the dog. Wednesday, everyone. <laughs> that was beautiful, Izzy. Thank you. Uh, we've got a great episode for you today, all about cats. Cats. Oh, Izzy, you forgot to wear your cat socks again. I know. We talked about this in the interview that Izzy forgot to wear her socks. You have to wear them on Wednesday when this episode comes out. I will wear my cat socks as I'm listening to this episode on Wednesday morning. Put them, put them on Instagram and everything. So people we'll can do. See we'll do your cat socks. Okay, so today we talk about how to introduce a cat into your home if you already have a dog and vice versa, and how to train your cats and dogs to live together and even become friends, and then also daily enrichment for your cat like puzzles and toys and even maybe going outside on walks. So we got a great episode for you today. But first, we're going to have a little combo. Yeah, little combo. This will actually be the second run of the combo because we thought we recorded it and then turns out that was a lie. We didn't. This is, <laughs> this is the second time we're recording. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. This was fun. The, I mean, the first run was absolutely perfect, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll just do it again. Slightly traumatic. Yes. Speaking of other traumatic things, it's actually the election week, so... It's it's been a it's been a big week between having to record this twice and having the election happen. So I hope uh, everyone has voted, and this episode will come out after we know who the president will be, most likely. I mean, there's always the late voting, which hope hopefully is still counted. But yeah, we'll so see. I hope everyone's doing well. Otherwise, let's go into something more lighthearted and fun. We've got some hot takes for you guys. Yes. I had to tell Izzy what a hot take was. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, God, let's do hot takes about like Netflix and things that we're watching. And she was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to talk about what we've been up to, what we've been watching, what we've been enjoying lately or not enjoying. Harry Styles. Did not enjoy. Big thumbs down to his new video, Golden. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who loved the music video. But it wasn't us. Sorry, Harry Styles. <laughs> no mercy given from me. It was very like... I didn't like how much I had to look at his face. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I feel like that's probably what people liked about the music video. They're like, oh, I'm just staring at him. He's running and I, I don't know. I just, it was... This is what I think happened. I think that people or men like watching women run in slow motion and they think that women like to watch men run in slow motion guys it's not the case you don't have <laughs> anything that wobbles <laughs> well maybe well maybe that's i mean that's a good thing we wouldn't I mean, we wouldn't want to watch i don't i don't know, I don't but, know. but anyway the concept you know what? is that <laughs> he did have something that wobbled though is that massive shirt he was wearing <laughs> he looked like okay this is probably my own point of view, but I had just watched Hocus Pocus right before I watched the Golden music video. And there's this point in Hocus Pocus, if you haven't seen it, it's a great Halloween movie. Don't watch it now because you have to watch it in the month of October only, or maybe in June when you get a little bit like nostalgic for Halloween and you want to watch it. It's fine. <laughs> there's rules. You have to watch Hocus Pocus in October. So wait until 2021 if you haven't seen it. But there's this point at which one of the guys is running and he has like a billowy shirt on. It's Thackeray Binks at the beginning. He's going to save his sister. And that's all I could think of. That's all I could think of. I'm going to make a TikTok about how Thackeray Binks, <laughs> he paved the way so Harry Styles could run in this billowy shirt. Yeah, I also really wanted to enjoy the scenery and I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to do that. No, it was just him. It was, it was just him yeah. with like beautiful background, but you couldn't couldn't quite see it and there was one point where he's like crouching <laughs> he's like crouching over some water and he's like i can't i don't know how to describe him where it's like i can only like do it in person <laughs> he's like, he's like ah! <laughs> like screaming almost but like screaming the lyrics but that point in the actual music it's not it doesn't reflect what was going on in his face and his stance <laughs> yes i agree okay Basically, 
hot take. We were not a fan of the Harry Thumbs Styles down. golden music video. Bring back watermelon sugar. Yes. Watermelon sugar was, it had some spice to it. So I can't watch that music video, but I like the song. It's too raunchy for, yeah. for Izzy. I'm too much of a prude. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go from watermelon sugar to golden, watermelon sugar personally takes the cake. Yeah. So For sure. Um, okay. Next hot take. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Best show on Netflix. I just finished it last night, and I was so sad because who finishes a series on episode six? Is it only six? Yeah. I thought there was like eight. Oh, my God. Only six. So I get to six, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've still got four marks. There's probably ten. Lies. There are. There's <gasps> none more. Oh, my God. That's good to know. I have one left. I, I wasn't, yeah. like, counting episodes, though. So I oh, but feel it's like so it did good. go by fast. It's so good. It's one of those epi- – or it's one of those – series that it's like the perfect in-between of you have a little romance you have Mm -hmm. a little drama you've got awesome like set and costumes you have a strong independent lead who's like not perfect yeah not perfect perfect, but and she's not like like she's beautiful for sure but i think she's more of a reflection on like a normal person yeah rather than like this beautiful model with like a perfectly symmetrical face and cheekbones and i mean she's gorgeous don't get me wrong but i feel like people can relate to her more because she's not perfect yeah i completely agree she's such a good main character Mm -hmm. she can great actress yes yeah great acting all around all of the cast basically everyone go watch that it's like the perfect in-between show too that you can watch like with your parents or like mm-hmm. I feel like everyone can enjoy it if you like yeah. a little of the drama or if you like more of like a period piece like me where it's you know set in the historic and if you I don't know it's like <laughs> I feel like all the costumes it brings me into a different place yeah which I enjoy there's a nice dose of escapism yes and thoroughly enjoyable 10 yeah. out of 10 agreed done 10 out of 10 next Emily in Paris the worst best thing on Netflix <laughs> That's that's a great summary. It is because I didn't like watching it. I even said to my roommate, he's like, what on earth are you watching? And I was like, I don't know, but I want to see the end and I'm going to finish it. And I'm probably going to watch season two too. So for me, what <laughs> I was watching it and my partner actually really likes Lily Collins. Like he's a fan of hers. Is that the main character? Yeah, that's the actress. Okay. And um, so she she's great. I think it's Lily Collins. Lily. Let me Google that no, for I'm you. pretty sure. Emily in Paris. Um, anyway, so he is a fan of Lily Collins, and I think he's not a fan anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I Lily think because Collins. of the quality of the show mm. and also because of the fashion. Oh, yeah. She wears some funky clothes. It was out there. I mean, I, I love fashion. I love seeing different weird cool things and seeing people try to pull them off which i think she does a good job of that she does yeah but some of it was like i can't and then others it's just like you know i think it had the same costume designer as sex in the city so for carrie bradshaw you look at some Mm -hmm. of the episodes or some of her outfits it's like i love it and then other ones you're like i hate it i can't i can't even look at you right now and that that's how Emily in Paris was a little bit for me. That's how I felt about her whole character. Yes. And also, I just, I am DB'd it. Is mm-hmm. that right? I am DB? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's down as a comedy romantic. There's nothing funny about it. No. It's oh, my not, God. That was... It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would fit, like, the rom-com sector-ish. That, yeah. Like, young adult. Loosely, yeah. Teen, teen film. Yeah, it was just... Okay, we watch it. We're going to watch the rest. Like, mm-hmm. whenever season two comes out, don't get us wrong. We're not hating on it. Um, definitely not hating on the main character, one of the main guy characters, Gabrielle. No, love Gabrielle. Yeah. yeah love a bit of that. He can be, like, the main star. He, he should can- be the main star. Gabrielle in Paris. Yeah. We would watch And that. even Antoine. Bit of a silver fox. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, his character. You not know, so with much. Wife and yeah, yeah, not so much. But, but him as a person. For sure, as like an attractive guy, I'll take it. Um, yeah, so we're not hating on the show, but I think but don't I, expect high quality like the King, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I think I would give it a solid six out of ten. Yeah, a solid yeah. six. May actually no, 
I would say a loose six, maybe even a 5.8. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Easy with that. watching. I fell asleep through some of it and I woke up and it didn't matter that <laughs> I had fallen asleep. You didn't miss any huge plot points. No, I yeah. was able to put the pieces together. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. It's very easy watching. Good fashion. You see some of Paris, you see some food. You hear great song in the park by a well-known Broadway actress. That's true. And, yep. And um, that's more it. Could you want? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is what it is. It is what it is. Next thing, holiday. Holiday. It's not going to get a pass from me. You you didn't even watch it. I couldn't get past the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> it was terrible. Such poor acting. I was astounded that it even made it onto Netflix. I think. Yeah. I think if you think of other – I like Emma Roberts as an actress, like the main girl, Julia Roberts' niece. I knew it. They do look alike. Yeah. Yeah. So I like her, but I do agree with you that sometimes her acting – like if you see her in Valentine's Day, it was very similar acting. She likes the holiday films. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the main guy, also very attractive. Yep. Don't I mind was, looking at him. Yeah, I was down with that. I'm not a huge fan of blondes, but – like, I think he had a, a mix of the accent of being very tall. Mm, he was very tall. And yeah. he, was a, he was a good guy in the, like, his character. So I was, I was good with it. Yeah. It's, uh, basically, Holiday kicks off all of the Christmas movies that are coming to it's us. It's not going to make it into my top five. We don't know what the other Christmas movies are. Oh, speaking of. Okay. Okay. So on Netflix, I discovered this <laughs> the other day. If you go to the side... And it, it's where you choose, like, TV shows and movies. This mm -hmm. is probably not a hot take. I'm pretty sure the rest of the world already know, know about <laughs> this, and I just discovered it. But it's there's an option that says new and noteworthy, and it shows what's coming out in the next month or two on Netflix. Mm. Shows, movies, and you can watch the trailer for all of it. So I just spent, like, 30 minutes the other day watching <laughs> the trailer <laughs> for all of these holiday movies. I am so excited. I don't know if I could, if I have enough space in my heart to let in another holiday film. Yeah, because I have so many. You have so much. I yeah. can't. I don't know if I don't know if there's room for another one. I feel like all of mine are just like the classics. You know, no, we need to talk about this closer to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. We need. To, we will talk about our favorite holiday in one month films, hot takes mm -hmm. in December. Yes, but for right now, that's our roundup. If anyone has any other great um, shows, yeah, or movies. movies. Anything out books, whatever things that we should that you want to hear our opinion on, and we should watch. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't want to hear opinion, our opinion, you just want us to watch it or have a recommendation. We're down. Yeah, send we're us down. a message, comment on one of our photos, whatever you want. Yeah, send us your recs, and I think that's it. That rounds out our Netflix slash Harry Styles hot yeah. takes. That rounds up hot takes. Um, for everyone who is uh, wondering how Arthur's doing, he's doing great. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, he had a dental last week. It wasn't optimal um, recovery for him, um, but he's doing well. Um, he still has a day left of his antibiotics, um, but he's in good spirits. And I'll I'll give you guys the full story next week because it's way too long and weird. And we just want to get into this episode yes. right now yeah so stay tuned for that next week speaking of our episode today and our guest we have amber akar on yeah so amber akar friend of the show uh, is a certified animal trainer she's a pet lifestyle expert and her mission is to help pet parents have the best life possible with their pets through relationship-based training techniques um, she started her career actually working with exotic animals um, and then she became a trainer and be became a professional dog trainer in 2011. Um, she's worked with thousands of pet dogs. She's rehabbed aggressive dogs and trained service dogs for the past 10 years. And her and her dogs have been featured on Animal Planet, The Dodo, and Good Morning America, to name a few. And of course, she was on with us earlier this year and um, she did an episode about anxiety. So if you scroll back to season one, episode five, if you want to check that out. Amber, welcome back Amber. to the podcast. Woo. Thanks so much for having me. I've been telling everybody about this podcast because it's so fun to listen to. So I'm honored to be on it again. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're definitely one of our favorite trainers. So oh, thanks. <laughs> well, and especially since we have a very fun, different. Yes. Different bit of a different us. topic this week, folks. Cats. 
cats, cats, cats. You know what? Oh, man. I didn't wear any fun socks today, and I had the best socks to wear for you this. Have cat I, socks. I've got socks that have cats on, and it just says cats, 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 cats everywhere. Oh my gosh! <laughs> ah, missed opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get some of those. I need like crazy cat mom gear too, because I have the crazy dog mom stuff. Now I need crazy cat mom too. Yeah, Which and you can. Them. Yes, you can be crazy cat person and crazy dog and person. dog person. It does exist. It does exist. This is why we wanted to have you on. We wanted to break those stereotypes because there's lots of people who love cats and dogs yeah. and you don't have to be just one or another. Heck yes. <laughs> I think like all the cool things you've been able to do with your cats is a testament to that. And yeah. I'm just you. excited to to talk more about it. So I tell think- us, why are you a crazy cat lady? Yeah, well... It's a funny story. So I've obviously loved every animal except cockroaches. I don't like them, but I loved every animal forever. And I always wanted a cat growing up, but I was actually allergic to cats like my whole life. And my whole family was allergic to cats. And so it was just kind of like a, we don't have cats and we don't really do cats type of thing. Um, so I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with them until I was a little bit older and I started going to people's houses and babysitting their dogs and cats. And then as a dog trainer, I would sometimes also train cats as well while I was visiting a dog and so on. So I always loved cats. And then finally, finally, well, actually it started, I started fostering kittens. And that's where I discovered, hmm, if I start fostering kittens and getting around them more often, my allergies actually aren't so bad anymore. Like the more I was around them, the more I kind of got used to them. Mm -hmm. So I fostered kittens quite a few times, which I absolutely loved doing. Um, They were really hard to give up, but it was (laughs) worth it. Um, and then I finally, just last year, convinced my husband to let me get a cat. And so I would take him to the shelter and let him play with the baby kitties. And I was like, look, aren't they so cute? And he was like, no, I don't want one. <laughs> um, and I, I broke him down eventually, showed him pictures of cats every single day. Was he like anti-cat or was he just like, I don't want another pet? Or was he like Both. one of those people? Okay. <laughs> All <Okay>. the above. <laughs> so he was not an animal person when we first like started dating and now he is an animal person but he still to this day will not admit that he loves cats he's like i love our cats i'm not a cat person i'm like okay whatever yeah. um, <laughs> like, so he didn't want a cat because he thought he didn't like cats and i went to the shelter one day without him and sent him a video of this adorable little kitten and he was like okay fine you could take it home <laughs> and so that was our cat finnegan we call him finn for short and he is crazy he's kind of like a wild wild kitty he's got a little you know he acts a little stray feral sometimes which is kind of exciting um and he totally converted my husband because my husband's obsessed obsessed with our cats now um and now we have a second cat and that was not intentional i swear (laughs) i swear that's what they all say (laughs) i know but i really do promise i was not planning on two cats but um so finnegan didn't like new people didn't like new dogs didn't like new cats and so I was trying to foster to kind of socialize him a little bit more um and that was obviously during like COVID and quarantine I wasn't able to really take him out a whole lot but like hmm I could foster other kittens and I'll help him socialize um so we fostered this one kitten who ended up being really really sick and I noticed he had a weird walk which no one believed me so I took him to a specialist who referred him to another specialist and he ended up needing an FHO surgery, which means they cut out um, the ball of his hip. And so he had no hip bone because it had all shattered for who knows what reason. Oh. And this kitten was four months old. So oh, baby. FHO surgery and, you know, three months of rehab. I was rehabbing him myself, trying to get him to walk, you know, after the surgery. But after having him around for that long, he fit in perfectly. We fell in love with him. And... Boom. We kept him. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> how could you not? So now we have two cats. Um, Finnegan is the first one and River is our second cat. And he is, if anybody watches my Instagram, he's like the goofiest cat in the entire world. He's always playing with the dogs. His new thing is he likes to roll on top of the trash can for some reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, so they kind of sparked my love for cats. And I know it was a long story, but I think it's well worth it. <laughs> yes. And so you've been training cats let's um talk a little bit about that real quick yeah and then we'll get it yeah no no no. this is so much fun this is part of our questions so like training cats what is what is that 
How does it how does it differ <laughs> from training dogs? And walk us through like how it started and how it's evolved. Yeah. So I mean, as a trainer, as soon as I brought my cat home, like I treated him the way I treat a dog where every meal was coming from me and I was giving it to him to teach him to sit and high five and spin and come. Um, so when it comes to cats versus dogs and training, it's actually very similar, but I think a lot of people just kind of let cats do whatever they want to do. But when you bring a dog home, you're like, oh, I have to crate train it, I have to leash train it, I have to teach it to come, I have to teach it to sit. But no one ever thinks about that for their cat. So mm-hmm. if you bring a cat home or you bring a kitten home fresh and they've never really, you know, had this history of not training and you get them training right away, it's actually pretty easy to get a cat to be motivated to learn to sit or come to their name. Um, differences, though, there are some big differences. And I would say cats have a harder time paying attention um, for longer periods of time. They just take a lot longer to do things. So if I ask them to sit, it might actually take them a little bit longer to sit than it would a dog. Not because they're not listening, but just because that's that's how cats are. They just kind of take their time with things and they think about things for a while. Um, so you kind of have to be a lot more patient when working with a cat. Mm-hmm. But you also have to keep your enthusiasm and how often you reward them really, really like frequently. You have to get really excited for them, reward them frequently all the time so that they don't lose interest in you. But overall, cats are not that hard to train. They're actually pretty easy to train if you know how to motivate them. So do you find that they react the same way a dog does? Like when you're that enthusiasm that you're talking about as far as like, good job here, you know, here's the treat. Yay. Like all of that. Because I know just the verbal praise and my voice works for the dogs. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think because a lot of times what we see as affection towards dogs or even the way dogs perceive affection, a cat might not find affectionate. They might actually not like it. So cats are actually very sensitive to touch. So if we're like grabbing them and like, you know, oh my gosh, and we're shaking them, they might actually not enjoy that. And so when you do get enthusiastic or you do pet them, you do have to kind of learn, number one, cat body language. And you also have to learn what your cat enjoys because your cat might enjoy a little chin scratch, but they probably won't enjoy this like big, like, you know, rubbing them going crazy because that could actually be overstimulating for them. So that's a really good question. Um, and that just comes with spending time actually reading about cat body language and learning what your cat likes, what your cat likes versus what they don't like. And um. So for dogs, like training is like very good, like mental stimulation. You can pair it with physical exercise. Is it the same with cats? How like you'll see them be more relaxed after a training session because they've just like worked their brain a little bit more? Yeah, 100%. I think that a lot of cats are actually, most cats are actually understimulated, which is why we see a lot of problem behaviors with cats, such as scratching up furniture um, or spraying on things in the house or getting into things they shouldn't be um, because we don't have typically spend a lot of time exercising them physically or mentally. So training absolutely can tire them out and it gives them that enrichment that so many, so many cats need. Yeah. And you, I, I'm assuming you can also use it for under socialized cats as well. Like you can do specific types of training to help them be either more comfortable in the home or, um, you know, like if you've just brought a cat home and they're just like underneath the couch and they're not coming out and you can like, can't you use like a clicker? Right. The same way you would imagine training a dog to overcome fear or to get used to being handled a certain way. You can actually change the way the cat feels about human touch or approaching a person or a new location as well. So I know with my cats personally, um, if I have a stranger come into my home my cat Finn might be a little bit scared of the person, but if I give them treats and I say, hey, ask him to sit and high five, he will actually go up to a stranger and give them a high five and put his paw on their hand. And that instantly makes him feel more comfortable with the person because he's like, oh, I touched them. I got a treat. This is actually really fun. So training definitely can help with problem behaviors. It can help with behavior modification with cats that have aggressive issues or if they're under socialized. I mean, it's the same concept of training a dog as it would be with a cat. It just takes a little bit more time and patience, I think. That's so interesting to think about how you could then utilize those behavior modifications. I mean, yeah, like you've done 
taking them out and about into the world, like on walks and hikes, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. I'd love to hear more about how that happened. Like how, how you t- started taking them outside, making sure that they're not going to like run away. And then also, you know, just taking them on a walk in general. Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big difference between taking a cat outside and taking a dog outside. So I think the first thing to recognize is that cats are, are much more wa- closer to the wild ancestry than dogs are. Dogs have been domesticated for a really long time. And so have cats, but cats always have that little bit of wild in them because look how many stray and feral cats there are still to this day living as wild animals outside. And so we do have a lot of those genes in our cats still to this day. Um, and at the same time, we've been breeding dogs for, you know, however long we've been breeding them to specifically do jobs for people. And so dogs have been bred specifically to work for people, to like people and to be more confident going places. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's been training cats to go, you know, like hear a gunshot and then go fetch a bird for them. Like no one's been training or breeding cats for that. So cats are a lot more jumpy and uh, fearful than dogs are. And for good reason, because it's a survival technique. So I think it's really important for people to realize before they do anything with their cat is to understand that it's normal for cats to be very fearful and for them to be um, jumpy at sounds or, you know, a big hawk or a dog going by is scary when you're a tiny little helpless creature. So um, when taking your cat outside, I think the first step is making sure that you are, are aware of that and that you're taking steps to help them feel more confident. So, um, and we can go over harness training and backpack training and all of that, but I do think a really big part of it is going back to that behavior modification and making sure your cat actually enjoys being outside and is not completely terrified all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that personally by just taking like their wet food and I put it in like a little squeezy container. And every time I took them out on my porch outside, I would just give them wet food when a person walked by, when a dog walked by, when they saw a car, because they don't know what those things are. And those things can be really scary if you're this tiny little guy. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the first step of taking your cat anywhere, including the vet office. I'll bring a bunch of treats with me to try to make it a more fun and pleasant experience. Um, and similar to dog training, right? You do that with your puppies typically as well. Um, the next thing about taking your cats outside is harness training. And the reason why I keep my cats on a harness and on a leash is because I'm not a huge fan of letting cats just roam outside. There's tons of dangers outside. Dogs, other cats, birds mm-hmm. that could grab them. You know, I have hawks in my backyard. And so I'm always terrified that, like, if they get out, the hawk is going to snatch them up. Um, we also have dogs and cars and diseases and just so many reasons to not let your cat free roam. Yeah. And I mean, the whole fact, if they're not outdoor cats already, then it's like that is a whole new environment for them. So oh, that absolutely. that makes sense to make sure they're safe at all times. Yeah. And so I have gotten flack from people, which is crazy to me. I have gotten like issues from people online like, oh, why is your cat on a leash? Just let him be outside. But in the, rea- the reality is, is it's not nearly as safe for him. And it's also not safe for, um, you know, wildlife, like small birds or other animals. They'll just, like, destroy the population if everyone lets their cats outside. So harness training and leash training can be really beneficial to give your cat that much-desired time and enriching time outside, but keeping them safe and keeping everyone else safe, too. But um, just like everything else, it's really important you take your time with it. So I'll very, very slowly start introducing a harness to the cat while they're eating and kind of get them used to it when they're getting treats. So it's always a fun and positive experience. I never just stick a harness on a cat. And those videos that might be kind of funny of putting a harness on a cat and it just like plops on the floor and doesn't move. It might be kind of funny, but that's actually a cat who's like terrified because they don't know what's on them. So I don't like those videos very much. I'd much rather see a cat put a harness on. They're like, oh, okay, you're like going to keep walking. Um, but harness training and then putting the leash on and starting to slowly create those positive associations with the harness leash and then going outside as well. But it's a whole process. It takes a little while. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's cause I think that's where it's probably very different. There's a lot of people out there who, if they treated dogs and cats the same, they would just, you know, dogs, usually most people will just throw the harness on and be like, great, yeah. we're going out for a walk and I hope you figure it out. And unless the dog is like super duper duper, 
you know, like fearful and just had never been in that environment before. Usually I feel like they kind of, they do figure it out. Like we had to do that at the shelter all the time. It's like if the dog had to go out for a walk and they weren't familiar with it, it was kind of like you give enough treats and they're like, okay, we'll do this. And and you obviously make them as comfortable as possible. But I feel like with cats that would, I feel like they would just like wiggle out of it and yeah, yeah. get I kinda, clawed. It and- kind of remind me of, you know, when you first put a collar on a puppy and they are like, they're like alligator rolling and <laughs> yeah. they're like, you put a leash on them and they're like, Mm-mm, like, nope, I'm going to lay on the floor. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, I think that's obviously with dogs, it just takes like five minutes and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I'm fine. But I think with cats, it's like that same concept just over like a longer period. Of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with cats, you just kind of have to prepare yourself mentally that everything takes a bit longer. Everything takes just a little bit longer. And that doesn't make it less rewarding in the end, but it just means you have to have a little bit more patience. Um, they're not going to be the same as a dog and you can't expect them to just like, oh, I'm just going to go on a leash and follow you. I mean, even teaching the cats to follow you. Dogs almost always naturally follow people. It's just like what they do. Even to this day, if I take my cats out on a leash, like they don't follow me. I have to really (laughs) try to get them to like, okay, let's walk this way. But if I let them, they'll just like go in whatever direction they want to. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still cats. They really enjoy going on hikes and they like going outside, but they're not going to be walking perfectly in a heel around the block for like 20 minutes. That's just unrealistic. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you start out with like inside training to get used to the harness and then training to get used to the leash and then training. Then you go outside yeah, and start so with that process. training. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a whole process. Um, and I do suggest like letting the cat in the house, like drag the leash around for a while so that they get comfortable with it. Um, and then anybody who is thinking about starting to take their cat out on a leash, it's really becoming super popular. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, one of my favorite resources is called uh, Cat Explorer, and they have like tons of resources for leash training your cat, backpack training your cat, um, or if you just want to see other people doing it, it's really encouraging to see that there's actually a ton of people who take their cats out um, all of the time. Because um, it can be discouraging too, especially if you're used to dogs. Dogs are usually so like go with the flow, and cats are not that way. So <laughs> I still love them, but uh, they're not dogs. That's for sure. Yes. I actually ran into a Lupin and I ran into a cat on a on a little like nature walk hike that we were on the other day. Yeah, they had so she had a backpack and but the cat was off and it was pretty large, like medium hair. And um, and he was like pretty confident. He was confident on the leash and the harness and he was doing really well. Um, I think another dog had kind of scared him a little bit. So he was kind of like up on this tree root when Lupin and I passed. And I, I was like, Lupin actually does really well with cats, you know, like, so yeah. I was like, if they want to say hi. And she's like, oh, I think he's a little nervous right now. And I was like, okay, no worries. And went on my way. But that brings me to my question of like, where is it safe to walk a cat? Like, what if you do encounter a dog? Who's or an not off-leash a- dog. That yes. would be my fear. Yeah. Because I run into yeah. them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I will tell you, it's a little terrifying when you have your cat and you encounter an off-leash dog. It's absolutely terrifying, which is, I feel like anybody listening to this podcast is like not one of those people that just lets their dog off-leash and they just run up to other people. But it's another one of those reminders. Like if your dog does not have a perfect recall, if they saw another dog or a cat and they won't come back to you when you call them, don't let them off-leash because it's really terrifying for people who either have a dog that might be afraid of other dogs or a cat. But back to the question. Um, I do only take my cats on specific trails. If I know it's a place that off-leash dogs are common, I will not take my cats there. It's just not worth the risk. Um, however, I tend to find places that have, that will allow a dog, but on leash. And then I, I pick places that I can very easily see ahead of me so that there's no surprises when I turn a corner. Um, but it's really important to have a plan in mind if you do encounter a dog with your cat. Now, luckily with me, I almost always have one of my dogs with me as well. And so when we encounter another dog, I will just like, if the dog's off leash, I'll just let my dog run up to their dog to occupy it for five (laughs) seconds. And then I have a plan in place. So I always carry a a backpack to put the cat in or some sort of bag that can keep him safe. And my first priority is putting the cat in the bag if the dog is rushing us. Now, if it's a leashed dog and it's coming our way, um, I will typically pick my cat up because the higher a cat is, 
the safer they feel. So if the cat is up on a tree, like you mentioned, or they're up on my shoulders, they'll feel a lot more confident about a dog approaching them. But if they're on the floor, that can be pretty scary to them because they don't know if the dog is friendly or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at that point, depending on my cat's behavior, if they kind of want to see they have the dog, I might let them. But I typically don't trust other people's opinions of their dogs. So if they say, oh, my dog is great with cats, I don't usually let my cat say hi to their dog because it could take one split second for that dog to change its mind. Yeah. Um, but I do also carry things like pet safe citronella spray on me and those types of things just in case a dog comes after my cat or one of my own dogs. I always carry something to protect them on me. In Well, in Seattle, it's super dog friendly, but there's dogs everywhere. I don't know where you would even take a cat. Yeah. It would you well, take a cat? Well, if the dogs are on leash, it's usually okay. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I've usually, I've found parks that there are leash dogs and I'll go to those ones sometimes. Mm. Or I'll go on an actual like hiking trail and those typically have pretty strict regulations for dogs being on leash and those ones I, I feel a lot more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a good thing to look ahead and to know the layout of the place before you bring a cat. I wouldn't bring a cat to a place I've never been to before without knowing what the trail was like because I don't want to come into a situation that's not so fun. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so when when you're inside, at least with dogs, I found, or with Arthur, I should say, <laughs> um, when we're inside and we're using like his usual kibble for treats, that's fine. Get outside. You better have the good stuff. Otherwise, he <laughs> does not care. Is that the same with cats? How you just... Oh, totally. At- I think it's even worse with cats. Like, it's... I know a lot of cats are really picky with what they'll take. And so I have, like, special stuff saved for when we go outside or when we're training. Um, and I've done two... Not even just hiking. Like, I did a movie with River and a photo shoot with River, which was super fun. Um, but I brought, like every treat I could think of because I was like, I need him to make sure he's going to do what I want him to do. But uh, I found that one of the best things um, is cooked chicken works really well. Or I think the best thing they always work for all the time is canned food. They love canned food. So I only use that for training time outside or in a new place. And I'll put them in like little salad to go dressings. And you could do this for your dog too, honestly. So it's like a little squeezy container. And I just like open it and I like squeeze little bits at a time. And that's like key. That always gold dust. All the time. Yeah. Okay. But you have to really save it because if you give it to them all the time, then it's not as cool anymore. So you have to save the special stuff. <laughs> um, okay. So switching back to dog cat relations. So I think it's just so interesting. You have two dogs, two cats. You're able, you've been able to train them not just to like, not just introducing them to your home, but also train them to coexist and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of dog parents out there, our listeners, who would like to get to that point with their dogs and cats as well. So walk me through the best way to do a dog cat introduction. Like when you first bring a a cat home, how did you go about that? Yeah. So I think the first thing before even thinking about introducing them is knowing your dog. And if you, if it's an adult cat, it's a little different as well because that cat's personality is already formed um, and his likes and dislikes. And so uh, it's really important to know your dog. So if your dog seems to be very prey driven and they get really obsessive over chasing animals, it's obviously going to be much harder for you to successfully introduce a cat. Um, I find that kittens are the most moldable so if you're looking to add a cat to the family and you have dogs and you want them to really get along, either find an adult cat that loves dogs or a, a kitten is usually your best bet. So I got both of my cats when they were kittens. One of them was very afraid of the dogs. The other one was kind of afraid, but he got over it really quickly. Um, and then again, with the dogs, it's very important to know how they'll act because the last thing you want is a dog who actually tries to kill cats. Like that. Yeah. That's something that I have to mention before we even talk about the steps, because if you have a dog who would probably kill a cat or grab a cat, probably not worth trying to introduce them because like a cat can only protect itself so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the first step is making sure that you have separated areas for them in the house. So 
designate a specific room for the cat and then have the dogs awake so that they're not constantly bothering the cat. And I spent, when I first brought Finn home, I spent at least a day or two of them not interacting at all, not seeing each other, but just being able to smell each other through the door. Um, and that was enough to get the cat to be a little bit scared because he was like, what is that smell? So the next step was really just like exchanging items. So letting the dog smell things the cat had touched and vice versa. Um, and I never move on to the next step until I can see that both animals are pretty relaxed about it. If you're noticing that one of them is obsessing over the cat or the cat is like getting puffed up whenever it smells the dog, you probably don't want to move through the steps quickly. I think that's the biggest mistake people make is they tend to get so excited that they just want to put them all together and just like, let's just see what happens. Yes. And that's usually a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So if you can remember anything, patience is key. But um, after separating them in the door, I'll start introducing baby gates. And that's really important because they can see each other. They can smell each other, but they can't actually touch each other. And this can kind of give them enough time to get used to the presence of each other. Um, the tricky part with cats and dogs, if I have noticed, is that a lot of dogs, including my own, are triggered to chase when the cat runs. Yeah. And so this is really, really important not to mess up. So I had, once the kitten was okay with the dogs being around, I did not ever let the dogs around the cat without a leash on. Um, unless they were in a place to stay or in a crate or behind a gate. Um, and then vice versa. I had the kitten on a leash a lot too. So that was able to control their interactions without them getting overexcited and whatnot. Um, but typically I would have the cat playing on one side of the gate and then I'd be practicing and rewarding calm behaviors from my dogs. So anytime I saw them laying down or just chilling, I would give them lots of rewards for that. Um, and it's just kind of slowly, it takes, it takes a while. It took me about two weeks, I think, until I was able to let the cat out with the dogs. And it can take longer than that, depending on the dogs that you have and depending on how the cat feels. Um, I think one extra step that was really, really helpful for us is that I trained a really good leave it to, I trained a really good like stop when I tell you to stop. And then I had a, a gate that had a little door that the cat could go through, but the dogs couldn't. And I think that when introducing cats and dogs, one of the crucial parts is making sure that the cat always has a way to get away from the dog and the dogs cannot follow. And that's probably one of the biggest mistakes people make as well, is the cat doesn't have a way to get away from the dog. Boom. Mic drop. There you <laughs> go. That's a lot of info. I know no, no, no. Is, that's, right? that's so great. I think you explained it so well from all of my understanding of the same like my research and stuff, that's exact same that I've learned as well, as far as just like take the time, separate them, make sure safety is key and make sure you take your time going through each step. One thing I want to add to that is I think this is probably something that's not utilized enough is that training sessions together. If you're training the cat and training the dog can be really, really helpful because it can help the dog see the cat as an equal rather than a predatory like drive when they see the cat. So if you're teaching them to sit and stay and you teach the cat to sit or teach the cat to come and you're giving them each treats one at a time, they can start seeing the cat as a part of the family and an exercise that they're doing rather than just like this thing to play with. Um, and then I think the last thing that's really important when having cats and dogs in the house after you've introduced them is making sure that the cat has a lot of vertical space. The same thing, making sure they can get away from the dog, but not just through a gate, but also vertical space where they can get up and away where they can feel that confidence. Because we talked about earlier, when cats are higher, they feel more confident and safer. So making sure that they have that in the house with the dog so that they don't feel like they're always on the floor and scared. And so if uh, if you have a dog and cat already and you want to reintroduce them because it's not going well, can you just follow all of those same steps or is there a different procedure for doing that? I would probably follow the same steps. You might be able to move quicker because we've already smelt each other and seen each other for a while. But I would say it's really important to increase the management with the dog specifically because the dog is usually the one who is, is likely to hurt the cat. It's not typically the cat chasing the dog. That's it how it is sometimes. with my, that's, that's <laughs> our household. <laughs> our cat just beats up Lupin constantly and oh he just God. like... 
it has that to keep like moving. It's he's so it submissive. Sounds, but funny at the same time. It is. <laughs> I feel bad, but I'm also kind of like, wow, what a what a bold cat. <laughs> she, she's she is bold. If nothing else, she is bold. Anyway. Yeah, so- I mean, reverse the role, right? Make sure the dogs have a place that they can get to that she can't get to. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of harder to do with a cat, but you could do the same thing. What I was going to say is making sure that you keep the dog on leash when it's around the cat so that you can prevent those behaviors. And I think that one thing that gets really overlooked is management, because if we're preventing the dog from chasing the cat for two to three weeks, the behavior wasn't practiced. And so the dog will end up not doing it because it just doesn't ever happen. So the more we can prevent that from happening, the more it will become normal for them and chasing no longer becomes something they care about doing. Same thing for the cat. You could technically keep the cat on a leash. Um, and then <laughs> especially if the dog is driven to chase the cat, I made a really, really, really big deal about rewarding my dogs every time the cat ran. And I rewarded them in a down or in a sit and I rewarded calm behaviors so that they learned when the cat runs, that does not mean you get to chase it. It means you stay in down, you stay on your place, you get rewarded for that. And eventually the chasing became something they didn't care about doing because instead of chasing, they got treats for sitting or laying down. I love what you said about training them all together too, like Mm -hmm. making the cat part of the pack of the dog kind of thing. I think that's, that makes so much sense. Um, So also just, this is to reverse it for the listeners for if you already have a cat and then you want to get a dog I know Izzy and I, in our experience, um, you know, you can usually the shelters, if you're going to do a rescue, the shelters can kind of be able to tell if that dog has some kind of prey drive, you know, or like has gets that really, you know, excitement if they like, you know, see a squirrel and are like, oh my God, I want to attack it. <laughs> and so you can usually, you know, just make sure you speak to a rescue or shelter about that. But otherwise, would it be about the same steps? too yeah it's pretty similar I think with the cat it's like I said it takes longer for cats to do everything takes them a lot longer to trust things takes them a while to get comfortable um I I think that it's really important to know that like if your cat has never had these experiences before it's going to be very scary for them but if your cat is used to going out and about and used to training and used to like interacting and being an active part of everything it should be an easier adjustment. So that's another good reason to start actually putting effort into your cat and teaching them come and touch, come and sit, come and whatever, whatever you want them to do, jump up on this table. Um, it's going to make the whole process a lot easier because just like I was saying how you could reward the dog for being calm around the cat, you can reward the cat for being brave and showing interest in the dog. So um, I've actually done some training sessions like this before where we were working on the dog and the cat being comfortable and the dog was a little bit afraid of the cat and the cat kind of wanted nothing to do with the dog and every time the dog came near it, it would swat at the dog. So every experience that cat had with the dog was a negative one. And so what we had to do is change how the cat felt about it. Um, so I would take those steps we mentioned earlier about making sure they're separate, but don't make the mistake of spending all your time on the dog. Focus on your cat too. Keep them as a fun experience when the dog is around, that they don't have to be afraid because they can get away if they need to. They can jump up on a, on a table um, and then making sure you are including them in your training time. So it's something they look forward to. Okay. This is my last question with that. Okay. So with the cats and dogs, um, just with their relationship, what was your question? Do you want to? My question was when you are training them all together, um, would you recommend like having the cat like on a higher surface, like, Dog is on the floor, cat training on the table or training on the chair. I definitely think it's easier to have the cat higher. Mm. And then, like I mentioned, it's going to increase the cat's confidence. And yeah. so if the cat is even slightly unsure about the dog, having them higher it will definitely help them feel more comfortable. With my scenario, the dogs and cats are all very comfortable together. So they can all be on the floor. But I find that the training session goes a lot smoother if I have the cat propped up. Because think about it, the dog's head is here and the cat's like all the way down here. <laughs> so if you bring them up at the same level, they'll feel a little bit better. Yeah. That was a good question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So the cats and dogs playing together that you've been able to achieve in your household. I think that's so amazing. So what I was saying earlier about our cat who she now lives with my in-laws because of all of our different moves and everything. And she's very happy there. But she will go up to... Lupin and it 
we call it bullying, but she's really not. She more often than not, she wants to play. And that's the so she's like rolling on her back, playing with his ears, and he's like, "Oh my god, don't touch me!" Like, <laughs> he's not scared. Like he'll tell her, "Like no, thank you," or if he needs to, or something. But um, but I would love to hear on like how you got them to start your cats and dogs to to start playing together. Like how that evolved. Was it something that you kind of like instigated with them, or did they do it amongst themselves, or? It's both, I think, and personality is everything. So it's really funny because they do all get along, but like they each, all the animals in my house have favorites of which animals they like the best. <laughs> um, and so what's funny is that Oakley, my dog Oakley, is like the chillest, sweetest guy. He can get really crazy and weird sometimes, but he is not a, a mean bone in his body. Whereas Tucker is a bit temperamental. He can be a little like, you know, snippy and have a bit of attitude. If he's sleeping and one of the cats comes up to him, like he gets mad, like he'll snap at them. <laughs> um, he doesn't anymore, thankfully, because we worked on it. But he's also, Tucker's the one that also kind of wants to play with other animals. And he really, he's an instigator, right? Because he's got that attitude. And so it's funny because both cats want to play with Tucker. And I think mm. it's because he's the one who reacts to things in a way that, it gets them excited. Whereas Oakley is just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit here while you bite me. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so personality is everything. And even though both of the cats get along with Oakley, neither one of them actually play with him very often because they just doesn't, their personalities don't really click in that way. But they love to play with Tucker. And I, I did encourage it a little bit, but I also have to really monitor it. It's not something that I just like trust them to do whatever they want all the time. Um, it depends on your dog, but I know with my dogs, if I incorporate toys and I get very animated and encourage them to play, um, I can get some bouncing behaviors from them. I can get some like mouthing behaviors from them. And so what I did is I included the cats in that too. So I would use a toy that both the dog and the cat were interested in. I'd be like, dog, come get the toy. Okay, cat, mm-hmm. come get the toy. And so they started seeing each other as like, oh, you're also playing with the same toy. And so they both started showing interest in the toy. It's obviously important to only do if you trust your dog around toys and, and cats. Um, but you could do this with your hands as well if your dog is safely playing with your hands. Um, with my cat, River, who wrestles with Tucker all the time, I knew that if I took River in my hands, so I'm not suggesting you do this with your cat, but it worked <laughs> for us really well. Your cat might not appreciate this, but my cats think it's, well, River thinks it's fun. Finnegan would be like, screw you. I hate you. Why would you do this to me? So personality is everything right <laughs> but with river if i picked him up and i like made him do like oh oh come get him like i'd bounce him around and kind of show tucker that he was bouncing because cats don't do the bouncing thing like dogs do you know dogs get down on their feet and they bounce around and act all silly so i kind of did that with river and then tucker started being <laughs> like oh okay so they both started to play <laughs> I'm not suggesting you grab your cat and make them dance around but <laughs> it worked pretty well for us um, I just think that for anybody wanting them to play, don't force it. It's not going to happen like on your terms. It's going to happen on their terms. But if you have a game you play with your cat and you have a game you play with your dog, do it together and try to make it this thing that you guys all do together so you can start seeing each other as playmates. Um, it's also really important that you get really good at cat body language and dog body language because cats do not demonstrate the same things as dogs do. When a dog is wagging their tail, it usually means they're excited. Um, when a cat is flicking its tail, that's a very agitated cat. So make sure you know the difference so that you are monitoring things and that both animals are having a fun time and it's not one-sided. So that is like a form of enrichment for both dog and cat. If you have an indoor-only cat, maybe they're not going to be a good candidate to go outside or they're not a good candidate to go outside yet. What other enrichment can you do with your cat to make sure that they don't get bored or destructive or anything like that? So I'm really glad you asked that because so many people are learning about enrichment for dogs, but then cats are still like people don't realize cats need enrichment too. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one thing that's really important for cats is making sure you have loads of scratching surfaces. And what I like to do for them is to put different scents on there and so that they get excited about scratching on a new scent or rolling on a new scent so I'll get like a leaf from outside and like put a leaf so that they can get some of those 
mm-hmm. smells from outside if they can't go out yet. But one thing that's really, really easy to do is utilizing their food in puzzle toys. So making them actually hunt for their food. Cats are actually supposed to be, they're animals that don't eat twice a day at certain times of day. That's not how they work. They actually hunt all throughout the day and they eat little tiny meals all throughout the day. So they'll eat like a mouse like several times throughout the day. And then the whole time they're hunting for the mouse. So they hunt, catch it, eat it. And then next hour hunt, catch it, eat it. And so that's what they naturally have the instincts to do. So what you can do is you can hide little pieces of food around the house for them. Or you can get some food puzzle toys for cats. They have loads of them that you can hide around the house as well. And I really like to emphasize hiding it around the house because it encourages them to go hunt for it. And that's really what they want to do. Um, and there's so many toys and cool things out there on the market that are like self-entertaining. So if you have a job that you're gone all day, I would say putting down those toys and then switching them out constantly so it's not the same toy all the time. Um, but food puzzle toys are a huge thing for my cat. And people do it for a lot for dogs, but they forget that cats can do it too. How do you, um, well, you, you are basically at home most of the day, correct? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're able to be like, okay, Tucker, you're going to sit and stay while the cats like go and do. Yes and no. Little. I think people give my dogs too much credit. I don't, <laughs> I, mean, I, could, I could do that, but that would take a lot of management on my part to make sure he's still staying and yeah. make sure the cat. I have had in the past where like Tucker would go steal their toy. So I utilize baby gates and crates and things like that. Um, or sometimes I'll even just put the cat in a separate room or a different part of the house. And like now's their time to hunt in that room or the dog goes in his crate and now it's the cat's turn to go play a game. Um, and you might even, if you have multiple pets, even multiple cats, you might actually have to separate the cats because if you have one cat decides to eat everything and the other one doesn't, you know, <laughs> then you got, one giant cat on your hands who's eating everybody's food. So management is something that's really important when having multiple pets, like dogs or cats, to make sure everybody's getting enrichment time, everybody's getting training time, and also making sure no one eats everyone else's food. That's important. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Amber, this has been so awesome. I'm just, I'm so excited. I was so excited for this episode. And Me it, too. I'm just yeah. excited that we had you back because oh my gosh I was so we still talk about back. your previous episode we do <laughs> all the time I know I don't want to like overwhelm your listeners like Amber's here again guys oh my gosh like, <laughs> I love on. it's so fun talking to you guys um and I really hope people appreciate cats a little bit more after this episode even if they think they're not cat people we can all appreciate cats just a little bit more they're really cool I mean they're on they're constantly surprising me with how cool they are dogs are really cool but cats are like on a almost like an alien level of like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. And I think that's so, it's so cool for the people out there who maybe do have a cat and a dog. Think of how much more you can enrich their lives, both of them, if you can start, you know, doing the trainings together and getting them more friends, you know, in your household, you know, obviously sometimes it's not going to work and, and it is what it is, but hopefully this opens, you know, the door for some people to just start enriching the lives of their dogs and cats a little bit more and, you know, making it more cohesive of a household. So yeah, that reminded me of, you know, um, in friends when Joey is in, um, what's that TV show that he's in in friends days of our lives. lives. I swear there's a part where he's like, uh, I think Rachel is talking about Joey and she's like, he really enriched the days of our lives. That's what you just remind me of. <laughs> is he, your quotes are back. Your quotes. Wow. <laughs> that was like a, that was a moment there. Was, was a moment. <laughs> she, she always, you always bring up like the most, to me, the most like obscure quotes from things and they stick yeah, in I your mean, mind somehow. I didn't, I didn't like, know why. hear that, but now that you said it, it's stuck in my head for the rest of the yeah. Like, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know when Rachel said that, but I'm pretty sure it was Rachel. Oh, I know when it was. It was when he's he was going to be in the Reader's Digest. And then Rachel really wants to be in there. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. And she's trying yeah. to like get, she's like trying to get herself in magazine. Yeah. 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 I remember that, that the time. So. <laughs> no, I have well, friends in Well, you have now so. enriched our lives and our listeners' lives our with lives. that quote. <laughs> And I'm so happy. Hashtag friends. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. All right, Amber. Well, before we go on to any more tangents, we will call it. Thank you 
again. So it's much. been yeah, so awesome. Um yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again, you know, yes. down the road and hopefully people find this really useful. But where can people find you and your whole pack if they want to learn more about training cats and dogs? Yeah, so just look up my name, Amber Akar. Uh, it's spelled A-Q-U-A-R-T, like a quart of milk, but you pronounce it like you're driving a car. Um, you can look me up, Amber Akar, on pretty much any social media platform. Um, Instagram has lots of like behind-the-scenes stories. And I'm actually coming out with a YouTube video soon. It's going to be launching soon. Um, I don't know when this episode will come out, but this YouTube video is going to be about introducing cats and dogs. So it's kind of perfect. Oh, yay. Um, but I have YouTube, all the jet, like you can find me anywhere, but just look on my name and you'll find me. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again, Amber. And we'll see you soon. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Bye Bye. 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 All content on We're The Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.